All right, everyone. Welcome to a massive episode of Phaser Friday. We are here for season two, episode seven with a guest I'm so, so excited about. He's no stranger to being on camera, but is making his Phaser Friday debut today. The man with great teeth, perfect hair, host of the Entree Leadership podcast and co-host of the number one finance show in the world, The Ramsey Show. Ladies and gentlemen, George Campbell. You're going to insert applause right here, right? Massive applause happens. Absolutely. Ovations. That was a beautiful intro, Luke. Uh, definitely the first time anyone has woven in my teeth and hair into an intro. So well done. I mean, you, can, you can't miss it. And uh, George, we were talking a little bit right before we jumped on camera here. And uh, thank you so much for jumping on the show. I know you've been a requested guest to have on. And it's just, I've been following, you know, the Ramsey method for a long time. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you jumping on the show and giving, giving us your story and also your insight. I love it. Well, I'm way more impressed with you than you are with me, Luke. So uh, congrats on all the success you've had and love what you're doing with this podcast. I appreciate that. So let's, I mean, let's just dive right into it. Uh, so like I said, you know, you are the co-host of the Ramsey show among other things. So Ramsey personality for people that don't know what that means, give us a little bit of background on what that is. And then also how that came about because you weren't always a Ramsey personality. Yeah. So when we say Ramsey personality, it's a funny term. But when you think about, you know, a media personality that you might see on your favorite news network, it was just the simplest way to help people understand what we're out there doing. We're teaching, we're speaking, we're writing, we're hosting shows, we're helping bring this message of hope that Dave Ramsey has built for 30 years now to the masses. And Dave knew, hey, I can't live forever. And I want this company to succeed beyond me and want this message to impact more people way after I'm gone. And so he brought on this kind of squad of people in different areas, money, life, career, relationships, uh, you name it, to really help spread this message to new people in new ways. And so that's what we do. We write books, we host podcasts, we create products. We just want to create tools and resources to help people take the right next step with their life, their money, their career and the relationships. So that's what that is. And, uh, you know, I didn't start here. I started nine years ago as an intern for the personalities. So it's very full circle, very meta. And when I started, I was kind of a social media guy, yeah. probably much like you, kind of this like hustler type guy who was like, oh, I can do that, I can do that. And so I was very spread in kind of a generalist way when it came to marketing and tech and media. I just loved all that stuff. And so I was in the marketing side for about four years here at Ramsey doing social media and email marketing. And then I moved into a host role after hosting our internal event called Battle of the Bands, which is literally the team members form bands. And it's like a concert that we put on and the team votes on the best bands and it's tournament style yeah. and it's hilarious and very entertaining. <laughs> and so after losing three times in that, I decided, you know what? I'd rather host. The host can't lose. The host just gets to make fun of the losers. And so I asked if I could host on stage instead of being in the band, and they reluctantly said yes. But at that time, it was so the hosting was so bad, any warm body could have done a better job. And so that's what I did, and I think that's what got them to go, hey, he's, he's well-spoken on stage. We should have him yeah. in this host role for the live stream of the Ramsey Show that we had at the time, hosting our live events and emceeing those. And so that kind of led me down a path on top of following the Ramsey plan to a T, you know, Dave has called me the Ramsey test tube baby because I just went all in on the plan and it sure. changed my life. And so I was real pumped, real bought in and started coaching people, teaching people. 
leading Financial Peace University classes and just wanting to spread this message to this younger generation who has a whole different set of problems than the older generations did. And so that's kind of what led me into this personality role today, teaching people about money. That's incredible. So I believe it was 2013 is when you first started at Ramsey Solutions. Must have been right after college, I believe. Yeah, um, graduated so, 2012. Yeah, so started there. And then, yeah, like you said, you're kind of working, you know, basically the job, you're, you're doing your thing, social media, marketing, maybe a jack of all trades. And then you essentially get called up, you know, to be this Ramsey personality. Um, and for people listening, I mean, last I checked, it was somewhere around like 18 million weekly listeners on the show or something along those lines. Did, did you feel the weight of that when you first made that jump of, okay, I'm talking to millions of people now instead of just like my friends and family? You know, I did feel the weight. I remember it was actually about a year ago. I did my first ever appearance on the Ramsey show with Dave. And it was also the launch of my first you know, podcast I did on my own called The Fine Print on the yeah. Ramsey Network. And so there was definitely a feeling of like, oh, crap, don't screw this up. Don't embarrass yourself. Don't embarrass Dave. Don't embarrass the company. You know, you feel this weight on your shoulders. But at the end of the day, you know, as a person of faith, I was just like, God has called me to this. And so yeah. I just let that calm just wash over me and go, I'm here for a reason. I don't know the reason. I know I'm not the guy, but for some reason, God said, you're going to be in this spot. You're going to host this show. You're going to do this podcast. And, uh, you know, I think when I think about the impact more than the audience listening, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter if it's 10 people or 18 million, yeah. just like this podcast, it doesn't affect how you do it based on the number of listeners. Now you do have an internal filter where you're going, don't say anything weird. Don't say anything awkward. <laughs> don't say cuss word. You know, you have that yeah. internal filter that you're always using. Um, but honestly, over time, it you know, you kind of, as soon as you sit in that seat and the show's going, it just kind of washes over you and you just become a guy talking yeah. to America. Yeah, absolutely. And you just, you kind of get in your groove and maybe it's a flow state or you just realize like, yeah, this is really not a big deal. You just say what you would normally say and you know, you just let it happen. And same thing with this show. I don't, I don't change when I'm on this show. Uh, I don't put on a, a different face. I just like to have great conversations and it's worked out so far. So part exactly. of that is- Part of that is having great guests on that can share their story and also share their insight in business and in, and just in leadership as well. So um, I know this is a question I was kind of asking around because I didn't want just to be me asking these questions. So I was asking people, you know, what would be some good questions? To ask George, you know, what insight do we want to hear? Uh, one of one question I got quite a bit is just overall, what what is it like working at Ramsey? Uh, it's a huge, huge company. It's honestly ran differently than, I don't know, 80, 90% of companies out there. So what, what's it like working at Ramsey? What are the people like and the day-to-day? -day? You know, that's a great question. And someone asked me the other day, they said, what is your favorite part of your job? What is the most favorite thing you get to do? And I started going through my head. I was like, okay, the Entree Leadership Podcast and the fine print and Ramsey show and speaking at live events and writing. And None of it was the top. The top to me was, oh, getting to work on the with the team and the people here yeah. and collaborate and laugh and have fun and the meetings and the planning. That truly is my favorite part when I look back over the nine years I've been here at Ramsey. And that's why it's so special. It's the people. Because, yes, it's a nice building, and we've got free coffee and a beautiful cafeteria, and the, but it's not about that. We were in the old yeah. building, 
and I had just as good of a time in the old building. And so what really has carried this place is the amazing people that kind of gravitate towards our mission and the work that we're doing. And it's one of the reasons we're so intentional about the way we hire. We get made fun of for it because we take so freaking long to make a hire. <laughs> because we don't want to hire a donkey. We don't want to hire someone who's looking to, like, climb some kind of ladder and then sure. jump ship a year from now to go to a better job. You know, if you're looking for an extra nickel an hour, like we're not, we're not the place for that. And yeah. uh, so over time, Dave's been very intentional about creating a certain kind of culture and then keeping that culture, especially as we've grown. When I started here, we had 300 something people. Now we have well over a thousand. Yeah. So when you have that kind of growth in a period of time, it's hard to keep that level of culture. And of course it shifts and evolves and processes change, but overall, man, the people is what make it so special. And every day you come into work, no matter how you were feeling before you walked in those doors, we, we call it rare air, that we breathe rare air in this place because it's different. It's not corporate. It's not stuffy. It's not backstabbing. You don't have to worry about that with your team. You know, We call them team members instead of coworkers. Right. And it's just one of those things. We call them leaders instead of bosses. And it's those little intentional tweaks that changes how you view the people around you and how you view your work, especially at a place that is on such a mission. Yeah, I was listening to... I think it was uh, one of the podcast episodes or maybe it was on YouTube and Dave was talking about that, the hiring process and also a little bit about the firing and rehiring process. So he was saying, you know, if somebody is, yeah, is trying to jump ship, jump to another job for another 10 grand a year and then, okay, they don't like that as much and let's jump back. It's not as easy or almost impossible to just jump right back into Ramsey solutions and get a job. So it, I really like that because if, if you want to be with us long-term, let's do this. Let's build this thing together and let's not just keep jumping ship. Yeah. For an extra nickel or, or an extra 10 K a year. And yeah, that is, uh, so to dive into it a little bit, you know, we work in the construction industry, but we do on the digital side, we do digital marketing for companies. And as most companies are seeing right now, there's this labor shortage and there's this, um, you know, everyone is looking for solid employees. So I can relate to that heavily of, okay, you know, if you find good people, you know, take care of them, let's change this culture, let's change this norm, and let's, let's have these long-term employees that stay with us. So, uh, and the great resignation, I mean, it's, it's an interesting time that we're in, especially as a younger generation where more opportunities are popping up online, there's more remote working uh, opportunities. So it's been really interesting to see, you know, how, our clients have adapted to that, and then also how Ramsey Solutions has adapted. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of people, especially in the millennial generation like me and Gen Z, they're going, I want to work somewhere that values me. I don't want my job to suck like I watched my parents do for 30 years to get treated like, you know, nothing and get a little cake at the end of their retirement. Yeah. You know, we want more than that. We want meaning. And also... We want more money because we're strapped with student loan debt and credit card debt and lifestyle. And so then we're going, I don't get paid enough. And no matter where you live in America, it always feels like, well, I should get paid more. And so uh, there are moments where you go, okay, well, go get you, go get you another job that pays more if that's what you need right now. But right. here at Ramsey, you know, we pay our people well and we do work that matters. And when you do that, when your work has meaning, you love the people you work with, you stay here long-term, and there's always going to be growth involved with that. And I'm a, I'm a living, breathing example right. of what that growth looks like. But a lot of people don't want to wait nine years. Uh, and my friend, Ramsey personality, Ken Coleman, 
he's got his own show helping people with career and he had that very similar journey to mine and it took eight nine years to get to where he wanted to be most people don't have the patience for that and so that's why we see them you know they're trying to do these side hustles and passive income and they're buying online courses from grant cardone because they don't want to wait 10 years they don't have right. that delayed gratification they don't have that patience and so if you're one of those younger people out there man you've got time just take it easy be intentional be consistent and over time you look back and go and go wow man that was some crazy growth i experienced yeah yeah one of my favorite uh, I guess you'd call it principles, not even sayings is lay a perfect brick every day. It's just take mm -hmm. one day at a time, but you're, you're planning to build this foundation and build up from there. And one brick at a time, I mean, it, it doesn't look like much, but over one year, two years, five years, 10 years, it's like, oh, here we go. And now we have a solid foundation and we're building up from there. So yeah, I, Love that. another book that, um, really hammered that home for me was atomic habits. It's, oh yeah. The, the little things you do that are good every day that can, you know, exponentially increase. So, you know, doing 10 pushups a night, it, it's, you're not going to see any difference uh, over the next six months even, but then over the next year or two, you're going to see that difference. And then the bad habits, you know, cutting out the, the two beers you have each night or cutting out, you know, whatever it is, um, even, even some internal things that you do, maybe it's a certain, certain words that you say that you want to get rid of just cutting those out. And, uh, because that can have an adverse effect of those bad habits starting to escalate or deescalate and, you know, really become something serious. So atomic habits, uh, that book is, has done a lot for me. And just like we're talking about with, uh, with, you know, building a solid foundation and you mentioned Ken Coleman, uh, he's, he's been awesome to listen to. Cause I've always been, uh, and I think an entrepreneur at heart, you know, I always, I started Craigslist flipping uh, back in the day, I would buy something, buy a go-kart, paint it, sell it for more money. And so I got started, I think he was one of the first ones I started listening to. Uh, for those listening, Ken Coleman, he, he specializes in careers and business uh, at Ramsey Solutions. So go give him a listen. And um, also, I want to dive into with you, George, the Entree Leadership Podcast. Uh, this one, if there's a podcast that has just been, it hasn't, been, there hasn't been a podcast that's been more perfect for me and my personality and what I'm trying to do than the Entree Leadership Podcast. So, thank you for that. But also, dive into it a little bit more. Um, I mean, you come out with, I believe it's weekly episodes, and you're talking about entrepreneurship and leadership together. I mean killer name. So talk a little bit more about the Entree Leadership Podcast and a little bit more of what that's about. Absolutely. So, you know, Dave, obviously very passionate about small business. He started this business on a card table in his living room and has grown it to where it is today. And so he wrote the book Entree Leadership about a decade ago, um, or I think, I think it was a decade ago. That sounds about right. And so that was really his playbook about how he grew this business over 20 years, wisdom from the trenches. And so now it's become this entire brand. We put on events and conferences and we have, you know, an online membership with a content library and tools that you can use with your team. And so that team has been doing a great job helping small business owners win. So one of the taglines we use is we want to help you grow yourself, your team and your profits. And so yourself obviously is personal development, grow your team. That's great leadership. And then grow your profits. Well, that's just great business 
you know, work and the tactics of how do you do this? How do you run a PL? How do you do the budget? What is reserved, you know, reserves and how do you do all this the right way with cash, which is a super countercultural approach because most business okay. owners are going, man, I'm going to, I'm going to use my Amex. I'm going to use the points here and we're going to, we're going to get fancy. We're going to do the PPP loan. And as we saw with COVID, man, it was detrimental to some small businesses out there when yeah. they're strapped with debt and all of a sudden, they don't have the cash flow anymore and they still have to make their payments. And so it changes everything when you run your business debt-free with great leadership. It's a, you, you will grow an incredible organization much faster if you do it that way. Yeah. And, you know, we had a podcast a couple of days ago, actually, that we were recording and we had a very good point because I know in the construction industry, it's, it's very difficult to, to go debt-free. And um, our podcast guest, James, he was saying, you know, this is how I do it, but it's very important that you don't, you know, get mad or judge others for going debt-free or for, you know, taking a different route. And in my case, uh, you know, we are debt-free as a business. And luckily for us as a marketing agency, it's probably a little bit easier. So uh, that's always my advice to somebody starting a marketing agency, especially because we've done it is you don't need a big fancy investor. You don't need a big loan or anything crazy. Uh, I just posted a video, I think a couple of weeks ago, how I started phaser marketing with $221. And it's about as simple as that. Um, you know, and then you just build it up from there. So, That's but, awesome. you know, back, you know, to that point is like, I don't, I also don't try and, you know, criticize anyone for, if, if it works for them to do what they need to do and they're happy, then, you know, go do it. I'm not going to judge them, but if they ever want to ask me questions about, okay, Luke, I'm interested about, you know, how are you doing this debt-free? I always keep my door open and say, Hey, let's, you know, let's talk about this. I've, I've got some resources obviously, and some ideas that, that we can go over. That's awesome, man. Well, that's so cool that you're living this out as a business owner. And I guarantee you, you make decisions differently. You hire differently. You yeah. can go slower and all the cash flow stays with you and it changes the way you're able to look at your business and help it grow. Yeah. For me, it was, I, I sat down with a, a gentleman. He's a good friend of mine and definitely way more growth mind, minded. And he told me, he's like, Luke, do you realize how much faster you could grow phaser if you had a hundred thousand dollar loan and you just implemented it right now? And I was like, I agree. And I, I totally agreed with them. I'm like, I, I do think I could grow this a lot faster, but I just honestly don't sleep as well at night if I'm spending somebody else's money or if it's, even if it's an investor, I'm, I'm just not ready for that right now. And the great part is, is I own this business hundred percent and I can kind of make those decisions and I sleep way better at night. So it's, mm. it's my thing. That is priceless it's, right there. Yeah. hundred percent. It's like, I, I have learned that why not just do something that'll help myself and my family help us live a more enjoyable life. And if, if not everyone does that, that's okay. Absolutely. But so I want to pivot here a little bit. Um, I had a couple other questions, but um, I was doing some digging went before this interview and uh -oh. yeah. So, so for one, you know, we're talking about debt we're talking about, um, you know, you and I are both married and weddings kind of came up and I was like, this could be interesting because my wife and I, you know, uh, did our absolute best and we did cash flow our wedding, which, which is tough. And so when I was doing some digging, I saw that um, 
you may have had a different story with your wedding. And so tell us about that, uh, the local contest um, that you won to uh, put on your wedding. Absolutely. So anyone who knows me knows I'm a frugal guy. I don't want to spend more than I have to, but I also have high standards. And so they can, right. you know, that can conflict sometimes. But my wife, uh, now wife, at the time fiance, she found some local wedding contest online tucked into some website for the venue that no one could see. They they marketed it terribly, but it was a yeah. legitimate free wedding package of $28,000 value that included the venue, the uh, you know, the catering, the flowers, Man. the DJ, the photography, you name it. And so we entered this contest which you just make a, f a five minute video, you upload it to YouTube, you send them a link. And they had seven total people enter this no contest. No way. And they chose five finalists. We were one of the five. And here was the stipulation. Whoever got the most likes on their YouTube video within seven days won. And so at the time, I'm hosting a YouTube channel. And right. truthfully, we had the best video because I've got, we've got a great video team. And so I got a buddy of mine here to help with the video. And so we blew him out of the water. We won the contest. And we had this incredible $28,000 wedding at zero cost to us. And the lesson I, to that I see is just getting scrappy and getting creative because I mean, seven people down to five finalists and whoever gets most likes on a YouTube video for $28,000, basically, it I mean, insane. you could call it, it $28,000 cash because you're going to spend that anyway. But it, I mean, a $28,000 wedding package, that's, that's insane. Yeah. The stipulation was you can only have 50 people, which includes you, the bride, the bridal party. So like it was a yeah. very intimate wedding and it had to be on a certain date. Yeah. And so it had so, to be like on like Friday, November 2nd, because it's probably their least desirable date. We're like, we don't care. So, so I did pay for a camel. I got a camel rental and I paid for yeah. a video guy. So I was probably 1700 bucks in on my investment, which is pretty, still pretty good. That was going to be my next point is did the 50 people include the camel? Because I mean, when we're digging into this that as a guest, luckily, and w with the camel, is that, I mean, was there a story behind it or is that just like because of your name or what, what was with the, the camel? Yeah, we literally were in Memphis where my wife is from and it was like one of those Christmas fairs and there was a camel riding thing, like five bucks to ride a camel. And I went, I wonder if he'll do weddings. And so I got in touch with him. <laughs> And he lives in Tennessee and he runs this exotic pet rental, you know, pet, uh, whatever. What are they called when you pet them? Petting zoo? A petting zoo. An exotic petting zoo this guy runs. Oh Very God. strange. And so he was like, yeah, I'll come out there for 700 bucks. I was like, deal. <laughs> this is the most ran So it was just random and hilarious. And yes, my last name is Camel with a K. So we thought, let's yeah. lean into it. Let's have some fun. And really, the, the photos turned out beautifully. Oh yeah. And that's what I've got here on my desk. I've got the photos and it's just, you it's have so it funny framed on your desk. Thank you. Luke. Not, not framed. It's just uh printed in black and white, but you know, okay. close enough. How creepy would that be though? If you just had a framed picture of my like, wife and I on your desk right back here. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, that, that'd, that'd be a little, time. that'd be a little creepy, but yeah, next podcast. Um, so definitely, uh, yeah, I love the the creativity, like I was saying, and the frugality, because I feel like I'm that way also, but I also, I do like to spend money on certain things and maybe you're like that too. So for my wife and I, it's traveling. So I would rather cut everything else, like even clothes too. I, I usually don't buy myself clothes and 
my wife will get me something a couple times a year, but I would rather save that money and put it into one vertical, which for us is traveling. And do you have like that one crutch or that one thing that you do like to spend money on? Because I know you're a frugal guy. Um, is there that one thing? You know, it used to be like musical instruments because I was a big mm -hmm. musician back in the day. And so I could justify any musical purchase because I was like, well, it's, you know, I'm, a, I'm basically an entrepreneur here running a small business. I got to make these right. investments. <laughs> Right. Uh, but lately, it's probably food. Me and my wife, we're big foodies. We love yeah. to go, especially in Nashville. There's there's a new restaurant popping up every single week. And so that's where we're willing to spend our money. And, of course, you know, personal care. You know, I got to get yeah. my haircuts every two weeks. Yeah. And people would, you know, goff at how much we have to spend on haircuts. But it's part of the job, too. You yeah. know, 100%. I had a farmer on YouTube comment being like, I can't believe you spend 30 bucks on haircuts. I spend 15 <laughs> And I found out he was a farmer because I said, well, some other guy thinks it's crazy you spend 15 because he does it himself for free. And he right. went, well, I'm a farmer and the cows don't care what I think about what, <laughs> what I look like. I was like, well, there you go. Yeah, it's part of the job, too. Like you said, I mean, you just yeah, you find your vertical. What what is worth spending some extra money on? And then you cut from the other the other categories. So, yeah, um, I, I definitely love that. Um, yeah. And you got to you got to start cutting spending from the metal larks and move it to the food. I mean, you know, going out to eat, that's one of my favorite things to do as well. Uh, going out, trying new foods, going out to, you know, trying to go out to more countries and try their food and their culture and just figure out like, you know, just immerse yourself in the culture and not being afraid to spend a little extra money on a tip and, um, you know, a little extra money on food as well. Yeah. It's awesome. And that's a very, you know, Gen Z millennials, like we want great experiences more than yeah. just stuff. Like, I think it was a sign of you're doing well for our parents' generation to just like accumulate stuff. And like the more yeah. attics and garages and the more they were packed, the better off you are. And now we're going like, you know what, we're friends with the minimalists and their whole yeah. message is like, live with less and you'll have more meaning in your life and more margin in your life and more freedom. And so it's, it's a very much aligns with our money message of live on less than you make, have margin, have options. Don't be strapped yeah. with debt to where you can't, you know, you can't pay yourself at the end of the month. And so that's a big part of how I live my life is just, does this give me options? Does it give me freedom? Does it give me meaning? Yeah. Kind of a funny story on that, like with the minimalists, uh, and those guys are awesome. So my wife and I, before we moved to Arizona, a, actually a year ago today, well, we moved and we lived in Omaha, Nebraska, not originally from there. So we had lived there about three years. Uh, we have two small sedans, just two small cars. And my wife got a job at Carvana down here and we're like, okay, we're moving in August. And we said, what's the best way to move all of our stuff? And we kind of came to the realization that, okay, well, we don't really need all of this stuff. So let's scrap the U-Haul whatever fits in our cars goes, whatever doesn't, it's either in the trash Whoa. or we're selling it. And we, we did it. I mean, it was, but it was the most freeing thing ever when I'm just like in my Chrysler 200, she's in her Chevy cruise and we're just driving. I'd never even been to Arizona, the state. And we're just pulling up and I'm like, well, here's our new home. And there's nothing more freeing than that. of Just throwing stuff out, selling stuff, using that extra money for when you get to your new home buy a new couch, things like that, but clothes, all that extra stuff that we just didn't need. I mean, we just got rid of, and it, it feels awesome. So my that's recommendation, incredible. yeah, my recommendation to anyone that's lived in a home, like, I mean, my parents have lived in our home for 20, 30 years now, 
is to yeah try moving or even like pretend like you're moving and get rid of everything and then figure out okay yeah i didn't need 75 percent of this stuff yeah we get we definitely get a little too sentimental and uh it's, yeah. it can be very excessive i mean i pass by so many garages in my neighborhood and there's just boxes that you can't put a car in there just boxes stacked to the ceiling yeah and i'm going man it is time to do a, a purge and simplify our life in every single way possible Totally. So, uh, yeah. And as we, I'm going to pivot a little bit here again. So, um, for everyone listening again, thank you. We've got George Camel. This is season two, episode seven of phaser Friday. Um, our digital marketing agency, uh, we do digital marketing for construction companies. Like I mentioned, um, where do you see the future of digital social media and YouTube for businesses? Cause we, we kind of came into this industry. It was, almost untouched. Uh, they didn't, most construction companies don't have a solid website. You know, they're not on social media. And I know obviously at Ramsey, you guys are big into podcasts, YouTube, Instagram. Where do you see the future of that uh, for businesses? Well, I think businesses across every industry are needing to pivot and go, hey, the old marketing ways, they're not working anymore. The old lead gen strategies, it ain't cutting it anymore. And it's harder and harder to you know, do paid media with Google and Instagram and Facebook. It's getting more expensive. It's harder to get yeah. people's attention. And so the way I think, you know, I'm a big fan of Seth Godin and pretty much anything that guy writes, all of his books and blogs. But there's this idea of like the purple cow of like what makes you remarkable to where you pass by a purple cow and you you will stop and go, oh my gosh, that's yeah. a purple cow. So what is that for your business? What makes you stand out? What is your unique value proposition? How are you telling your story how are you showing people that you're real people behind the business? And that's right. one of the reasons we have personalities because Dave is like, no one, no one's life is changed by a logo. Right. It's changed right. because someone spoke something to you. You heard a podcast, you listened to a thing, you read a book. And so I think we need to have people at the forefront of any business, regardless of the industry and be fun. Yeah. Most businesses, it's just stuffy, it's corporate. And the more you can have fun and tell your story and you've got, you know, a 27 year old running a TikTok account for your construction company and you're just doing funny videos on the job of the construction workers dancing and you go, I want to do business with that kind of construction company. They don't take themselves too seriously, yet they're very talented. They're great at what they do. Uh, and it feels like a real connection I'm going to have with these people. There's soft skills, they're relational, they have high EQ, emotional intelligence. And I think those are the businesses that are going to win long-term Yeah, are the ones who put their, their eggs in that basket, put their efforts into that, telling stories really, really well, having clear websites. We're big fans of Donald Miller and story brand around here. And so pay attention to that stuff. You got to where you are because you're scrappy, you know, entrepreneur business owner, but if you want to scale and, yeah. you know, grow three X five X, it's going to take a lot of intentionality with your own leadership, with your own marketing and hiring the right people and delegating if that's not if you're going i'm not getting on TikTok or whatever yeah. it's fine but you got to find people who are willing to do it and who can do it well yeah i've seen that transparency in business has helped a ton with our business and then also our clients i mean it, the more you just break down that wall of like this is what we do or even this is a mistake we made today here's how we're fixing it uh people love that and they not only love it but it builds trust and so that transparency, uh, the easiest way to get that out there is through um, online media, is through social media, your website. Uh, that's where people are. You, you can't just 
send a postcard to them, you know, telling them all this stuff. So one thing though, that um, in the construction industry is that, you know, the old ways will never die. And that's perfectly okay. Because a lot of our clients, they have, you know, the handshake agreements, the word of mouth contracts, you know, the, all of that stuff flowing in. And we're like, that is totally okay. We're not here to replace it. We're trying to round out your business so that when you pass the business off to your son um, or your daughter, that they have a more well-rounded business that uh, can sustain, you know, the ups and downs of the economy and everything like that. Because if we're just relying on one lead source and one avenue, one channel, it's, you're going to get hit pretty bad. And, and that's not just me saying that that's from leaders in the industry that I've talked with and that I've learned from, and it's just rounding out your business is never a bad idea. And you're never just trying to replace that one channel, but add multiple channels and have an omnipresence uh, in oh, the market. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to be able to replace yourself as a business owner. And a lot of people they're in family business and they're not great because, you know, yeah. dad was the founder and he was such a great salesman and so charismatic and then he's passing it on to the son and he's kind of throwing the keys as he's fallen into the grave yeah. and it's never a great handoff. And that's one of the things we focus on here at Entree Leadership and Entree Leadership Elite, our online membership with our courses and content and e-coaching and all the things we do. We're helping business owners pass this off consistently, steadily over time in such a way where they can just slowly let go and the business runs without them and it doesn't tank yeah. because it was all based on the founder. Yeah, I was debating if I was going to go down this rabbit hole, but I think I'm going to. Um, I was at one of my I was at one of my coaching uh, conferences in Miami a couple of weeks ago, and uh, one of our coaches told this story about his business, and uh, somebody had asked him if he had ever wanted to sell, and he's like, "No, like why? Why would I want to sell?" And then this other guy had said, "Well, even if you don't want to sell, you should structure your business so that you could sell." even if you don't want to, because then you have the systems and processes in place that the business can run without you. And that's kind of the mindset. And the point is you don't need to sell your business. You don't have to, but if you're able to, that means you have something in place that can run without you. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. There's definitely a much deeper story to it that, you know, I'm not going to get into on here, but basically, um, you know, he had a health scare and he had to go in and tell his son that, you know, I hope I get to see you again. And in his mind, he just kept thinking, well, what happens if I do die? And what happens to the business? What happens to my wife and kids? Um, we can't sell this thing. I mean, it's based off of me. And, you know, if, if, if it did happen, like, what does that future look like? So that is kind of how I framed or I'm working on framing the work we do with our clients is you don't have to sell your business, but let's try and get you to a point where you have a well-rounded business so that if anything happened, you have a system that we can plug people into and run. So I think uh, for anyone running a business, that should be the goal in my opinion, because you're not going to be able to do it forever. And, and you need a vacation you, sometimes. Yeah. Sick day sometimes. Absolutely. And it's, even if you love what you do, which most of us do, we, we love what we do, but yeah, you need a vacation. You need a sick day. Um, you need to go to your kid's baseball game. Like just having that, those systems set up, I think are so important. Yeah. So true. So diving into 
back into Ramsey solutions, um, you know, Ramsey personality, you get to sit, you know, side by side with, with a lot of your, um, uh, Ramsey personalities, who do you spend this is kind of a two-part question. Who do you spend the most time with, um, outside of the show? And then what's it like working with Dave? Oh, that's fun. Okay. Who do I spend the most time with? I would say, you know, because Rachel Cruz and I are both in the money lane, yeah. We've been doing a lot of collaborations together on Instagram Reels. We're working on a new podcast together. And so there's a lot of crossover and fun banter and chemistry. And I'll make jabs at her and she'll make jabs at me on her show or whatever. And so that's probably the person, uh, and, you know, in, in a work sense. And then I yeah. sit right next to, I sit to my left is Rachel Cruz. To my right is Ken Coleman in our little cube right. suite we've got. And so those are the two I banter with. Uh, the most. And Ken's been a, a great friend of mine and his wife, Stacy. And, you know, we just got dinner the other week and we, I'd love to connect with Ken. He's, he's a good time, great storyteller, yeah. hilarious guy. And so I love just hanging out with the Ramsey personalities. It's not often, you know, we're like, you know, two ships passing in the night a lot of the time right. because we're all so busy running from one thing to another. But man, when we get to connect, it is some really special time. Man, that's incredible. And your other question, working with Dave Ramsey, what is that like? Yeah. Uh, it's frightening, Luke. It's absolutely frightening. No, you know, it's, it's, I feel like a wiener in a steakhouse when I'm hanging out with Dave because the dude is, he's legendary and I can't hold a candle to the guy, but it's an honor that he's given yeah. us his platform so generously. You yeah. know, he's given us this baby that he's been developing for 30 years with the show and the platform and this company, and he's trusting us to carry this message and carry the torch. And so it truly is a great honor. He is a, he's an inspiring, passionate, intense leader. You know, he's exactly what you would picture. And uh, he cares so deeply about the customer, the fan, yeah. the audience. And so that is such a great reminder. I mean, he, he'll still, every staff meeting, he'll read a letter from someone who wrote in and their life was changed to remind us that what we yeah. do matters. And it's not about us in this building and how fancy the cafeteria is and our internal events. It's about the people outside of these walls. And so he is... Uh, he doesn't have to be here still. He doesn't have yeah. to keep working. But the man loves this mission so much. He cares so deeply. And so that's what keeps me going. When I'm sitting next to him, I'm I'm pinching myself going, oh, my gosh. I'm sitting next to Dave Ramsey helping these yeah. callers. And so it's the honor of a lifetime, and he truly is an incredible, incredible leader. Uh, and it's it's been such a joy to work with him. Yeah, it's like he's, he's mentioned before, he's like, I could have retired a long time ago if I wanted to, <laughs> but he's always yeah. reminding us. Yeah. I'm and, like, Dave, I still got 30 years before I can retire. <laughs> All right. Give me a break. Right. So I do remember, I actively remember this because I, I was listening to the show. I think I started right when I was about to graduate from college because I knew I had some debt coming my way. Uh, actually I already had the debt, but I knew I had to pay it off. So that would have been 2017, 2018, probably. And that's back when it was the Dave Ramsey show. It was just him, if I remember correctly, in the old, um, in the old office. And I vividly remember that shift of, you know, it kind of going to the Ramsey show and then the Ramsey personalities. I was like, I was excited though, because you have, you almost diversify the company. And I think it, it was definitely a big decision. I'm sure he took a lot of time to think about it, but, um, kudos to him because it, he's built this up for 20, 30 years. And then he, you know, having to kind of pass that off to, to other uh, personalities as well. But 
uh, I, the quote that I thought of when, when all of this was happening was, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone, if you want to go far, you know, go together and you, you can only go so far if it's just Dave and, you know, what happens in 20 years. So I think it was really cool to see the diversification of the company to be, you know, the Ramsey show, and then to have all the personalities come in and tackle each channel, whether you're talking about personal finance, uh, careers, mental health, you know, there's so many different, um, there's so many different avenues that you guys tackle now and you always have, but even more clear nowadays. Yeah. And we talked about succession earlier as a business owner, and this is a, I mean, you're seeing it happen in real life here at Ramsey solutions yeah. where Dave is going, I'm not going to live forever. We've got to pass yeah. this thing on. It cannot die with me. And so right. that takes a lot of humility. You got to swallow your pride. You got to suppress the ego and you got to let yeah. go of something that you care deeply about. And so that's really hard to do for any business owner. And it's something he's been intentional about for over a decade now, thinking yeah. about working with his, with our operating board, our executive committee going, how do we do this well so that this thing survives long beyond me? And I think that's that's a beautiful legacy that any business owner can leave. Yeah. And as a, a listener and a consumer, I mean, you guys are killing it. Very smooth transition. I mean, it's just you guys are doing the right things and you're teaching a lot of people. I mean, millions of people, you guys are literally speaking to the masses. So of course you're going to get that some negative feedback, but we get you know, our fair share of that for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. And, uh, but the, the, the positive feedback that you get, those letters that you get of people's lives changing, like that's what you should hold on to. And that's what really matters is because yeah, you're going to get a lot of negative feedback, which you guys talk about all the time, but it, uh, the positive stuff, the life-changing stuff, that's what it's all about. And, you know, even myself and my mission with my company, it's like, how can we as a team impact people's lives? Like, instead of us making this amount of money in year five, how can we give this amount of money in year five and just restructuring your frame of mind? So yeah, you guys have that's been killing incredible. it. You guys have been killing it. I mean, just with, like I said, being a consumer for four years now of, I'm, I'm a big YouTube listener. So I love jumping on the short clips, um, seeing the thumbnail, quick six minute video. Like that's what I want to hear is those topics. Um, yeah. So definitely a big fan of those. And I wanted to, uh, we have a lot of listeners that either have a podcast or they're looking to start. Like most of our listeners are pretty entrepreneurial. Uh, they're, they're a lot of ideas. So I thought this would be a good segment to kind of wrap up the show here. And thanks again for being on debut of, Phaser, debut of Phaser Friday. So for anyone listening, what would you recommend they would do to start a podcast? So they're sitting here listening. They don't have one, but they would like to start. Like what are some of the first steps if they want to start either like a media channel or a podcast specifically? Mm. Well, I would start with a goal in mind and a vision and know that it, do it if zero people listen to the podcast. Most people get into yeah. it because they go, oh, this is going to be big. A buddy of mine, we had an idea yeah. for this podcast, or I run a business, so I guess I should have a podcast. Don't think like that. Think, how can I serve people? How can I yeah. add value? What is the thing that I can't help but talk about? Who are the people that I can bring on to help spread the message that I'm passionate about? And then go about the business of starting small, but starting soon. I made the yeah. mistake when I wanted to start a podcast years ago, 
I had a Google Doc that was like 88 pages long of planning, and here's the taglines, and here's the, the segments and the guests. And I got so wrapped up in the planning that I never started. Yeah. And so that can happen for a lot of business owners out there. It's scary to start, and you feel like, well, I got to build out a studio, and I need to have right. fancy equipment and lighting. No, get, go get you a USB mic on Amazon yep. with, your, with GarageBand on your Mac and just hit record and build, go from there. And you're going to suck at first. And that's normal and that's good. And the goal is you get better every time. And over time, you go, all right, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to get the SM7B from Shure and I'm going to get an yeah. audio interface and I'm going to, you know, get some studio lighting and add video now. But don't feel like you need to get to that level. There's such a high expectation of what it needs to be. But truthfully, the best content is the one that serves people, that adds value to people's lives. And yes, you don't want audio and video to be a distraction. So right. make sure the mic isn't 14 miles away and it's got scratchy audio. You know, make the podcast that you would want to listen to and yeah. know that it's going to take a lot of time to grow. And you've been very consistent with your podcasts and the growth is going to be incremental and it's going to be like a 401k account. Compound yep. growth is going to start to kick in and five years down the road, you go, wow, we're starting to get some leads from this. The marketing is working. We're getting some incredible guests. We're getting reviews. The listeners are giving us feedback. Yeah. But if you do it for that on the front end, you'll give up tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, the biggest part for me was the consistency. And what I did is just say, okay, I'm going to tell everyone that I'm posting one podcast a month on the last Friday of the month. And then it literally broke down every excuse of, okay, well, I can't not post this. So the more you throw it out there and tell people the social then, accountability, Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because otherwise I probably wouldn't be that consistent. I would hide behind, um, you know, what we're doing. So consistency, the best setup to get started is probably what you have right now, your laptop, zoom record, put it out there, uh, and then upgrade from there. So yes, perfection is the enemy. Do not, do not yeah. wait for everything to be perfect and all your eyes dotted, your T's crossed. You get the perfect equipment. Just get out there and start. Cause half the people go, this ain't it. This is yeah. not for me. And you go, great. Glad you figured that out sooner rather than later. Right. Before you wrote up 88 pages, you know, in exactly. your and most Docs. people start it and they can never keep it consistent. And so I'd rather yeah. you do it consistently at a sustainable pace uh, right. versus going all in and going, we're going to do a daily podcast. No, don't do that. You can yeah. always scale it later and do more episodes and all that. But, you know, it's, it's a tough thing in today's world because it's so saturated and everyone's got a podcast. And so yeah. don't worry about trying to hit the charts. Just worry about adding value to that one person's life. And if you do that consistently, it'll be two people and then 10 people, then a thousand people. Right. hundred percent. Well, George, what an episode, uh, just wrapping up here. Thank you so much for joining us on episode seven here at Phaser Friday. Um, any last words before we jump off here and go on with our day? Any last words? Well, I want to make sure people know where to connect with me and find the podcast. Yeah. So Entree Leadership Podcast, if you're a business owner or you're interested in leadership, you want to grow in that area, it's a great podcast to check out every single week. Uh, I've got one called The Fine Print. We did season one with about 11 episodes, all about the hidden truths that are keeping people broke, so many traps out there. And of course, The Ramsey Show, I'll be on today uh, and tomorrow. So you can find me there a few times a week hosting as well. And uh, I'd love to connect with you guys at George Camel. Uh, with a K, K-A-M-E-L yeah. on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, parting words, live on less than you make. It's just yeah. good, 
good life advice. And when you do that, we talked about simplicity earlier. I think that's yeah. where that's what people are craving in today's chaotic, distracted, noisy world is just simplicity. And you can do that with your money. You can do that with your business and you can do that with your life. Absolutely. So go give George a follow and go follow his podcast as well. And on the fine print podcast, listen to the episode about Robin hood, how Robin hood is screwing you. That episode is killer. Um, definitely go give him a listen, go give him a follow and George, thank you again and hope you have a great day, man. Thanks Luke. Honored to be with you.